Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review our first away win of the season against Fulham. And we're going to dive into some temperatures to see who's freezing cold and who's boiling hot. Craig, the quiz master, is back. And Brady and I are going to go head to head once again. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and a good friend Brady. Guys, how does it feel? Back-to-back wins in all comps. We've won some games since the last time I was on the pod. Absolutely fantastic. A couple of wins. Yeah, buzzing and, and looking forward to chatting about it uh, and some positive stuff for, for the first time in a while. Yeah, I mean, Mudrick scored and we won on my birthday, so that more than made up for turning 37. I'm still in a state of shock. I was, I'll be honest, I was in a state of shock when it was 2-0. I was saying to my girlfriend, like, one of them must be offside. This, this can't be happening. 2-0 after 20 minutes. It's like a normal routine away win. I can't even remember the last time that happened. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Maisie, uh, my daughter, she jumped out of her skin when we scored the, the second goal. Over-celebrated, she couldn't believe it. She, I think she, she can't remember the last time Chelsea scored a goal. She probably wasn't born. It was a, it was a double birthday bonanza, because it was my birthday today. So Yeah, yeah happy, happy birthday, birthday, both of you happy together. Birthday. I was actually going to make a jo- joke about Brady's age, but he's already said how old he was, so uh, it's, it's too late to do that. But ha- many happy returns for both you guys, uh, your birthdays in the last two days. Yeah, I can still play sweeper like, you know, Silver's 39, so I can still play sweeper <laughs> So, yeah, fine. Don't worry. Career's not over yet. Still hope, to, still hope to be a pro footballer. That's it. It's the hope that kills you. Yeah. Um, right, Chelsea won the game 2-0 at the Cottage. Um, it was actually Chelsea's first win in the Premier League since the end of August against Luton. Uh, pass accuracy for us, 84%. Fulham's 86 um, and we actually have four shots on target out of our 11 shots and three saves for Sanchez, including a flying save, which everyone enjoyed, I think, who watched the game. Um, what do we think of the setup and, and how we approach the game against Fulham? I think it's, uh, it's obvious we're really settling into this, uh, this formation. He's sort of playing this hybrid 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3. Looks really good. I've got to say, it's been impressive to watch the midfield work together. And it's obviously nice to have Caicedo back, seeing him next to Enzo midfield. There was a great shot of a photo from Mudrick's goal, and it was just Caicedo and Enzo celebrating together. The £200 million midfielders. It just feels good. It feels like it's, it's getting going in there. And, and, you know, that should be really the focus of our team going forward is the fact that we've recruited these two incredible talents in midfield at, at great ages. And, uh, yeah, I'm just just excited to see the team sort of ticking and, and, and moving on with, with the basis of those two in midfield. I mean, the main thing I want to talk about this game was the passing. I mean, it was like crisp. I mean, I don't know if we were sponsored by uh, the Walkers or by Aim for the Athlete. I mean, every pass, they were on it. I mean, from the first minute, we were on Fulham and when we got a goal from pressing. I can't remember that, the last time that, that happened. And yeah, there was really good interplay between Palmer, Gallagher... Uh, Brocher dropped deep, Mudrick in the first half. He dropped off a little bit in the second half when there were some changes. But in, in the first half, watching what I've noticed before, that we were on it with the passing. It wasn't sloppy like it was against Villa or other games. So 
that was the main difference here. We were like lots of triangles in midfield, a little bit like we were under Potter, lots of move, movement. So it looks like things are starting to gel. So that was what I was most happy with. Yeah, we uh, nice to see Enzo Fernandez returning to top of the touch map for us um, after some, some games where he was very low. I think he was used in a much better way in the game against Fulham. And as I said like last week, I think, or the week before that, when Enzo plays well, we tend to play quite well. So um, good to see um, good to see him involved much more. Um, what do we think of the obviously the big changes came in with the suspensions of Jackson and um, Gusto? So Mark Kukurea uh, returned to the team after a good performance against Brighton in in the week, and Armando Brogia, who some said couldn't even uh, couldn't manage at least ten minutes in the game. He, he did sixty four and Just started. About. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he fell over at the he end. Absolutely collapsed at the end of that, but he put a great shift in and uh, fair play to him. Yeah, coming back off such a long injury, I believe nine months he's been out for now, and it's absolutely fantastic to to start a game like that and a really important game and work as hard as he did. Obviously, well deserved goal. And yeah, I, th- I think uh, definitely selection, selection dilemma coming up for Posh if those two, Jackson and Broya, both playing well what, as to who he uh, who he picks up front. Yeah, we've got the classic good headache for next week because obviously Sterling didn't play and you've got Madueke on the bench and uh, I think Cole Palmer's pretty much a fixture in this team at the moment. The, the main thing about this game, I think, other than the personnel and the you know the, the goal scorers who score were really popular, we'll probably talk about that in attempts. This was a game where basically we just locked it up. It was a routine away win and you just locked it up in the first half an hour, almost like a City-esque or an Arsenal performance. Like We haven't done that for a long time. Do you know the last time we scored two, we were two goals up away from home? That's a good question. Maybe Spurs away? Uh, two new up at half time. Oh, at half time. Is, long time. Uh, is, I guess, does AC Milan count in the Champions League? All right, no, we'll go in the league. Okay, we'll go at home. So the last time we were two new up at home in the league. At home or away? We just put, wait. Let's do um, home. I've got both. half time, I, I don't know. We've had so many diaphragms. So it's so hard to remember. Is this going to be it's a fantastic Kai Havertz one-yard assist. It's Bournemouth. Bournemouth at home, yeah. And then the away, was that was uh, December last year. So that was like 10 months ago. So that's like fairly reasonable, I suppose. But the last time we were 2-0 up away from home in the league. Uh, or two goals ahead, sorry. And we were actually more than two goals ahead in this game at halftime. It was Southampton away, 6-0. I was going to say, that was eighteen. That was eighteen months ago. So I said, I said in the in the in the preview with Chris, this kind of game, the crowd are on us. The Fulham don't like us. You know, when you get a goal and then a second goal, when you get an early goal, it makes them nervous, and that's what happened with a second goal. Tim Ream, the, the American defender, he was nervous. Cole Palmer did a kind of NBA sort of press where he kind of faked to go one way and then the other, and he got the ball. We put pressure on teams rather than put pressure on ourselves. An early goal changes everything. This is our Man City win matches. The key amount of early goals Man City score. They, they score straight away and they force the other team to get out. We need to get on teams um, and score more early goals because it makes things so much easier, especially when you've got a young team and they can settle down. So that was really the difference. I mean, the game was basically won after 20 minutes and that hasn't happened for so long and that's what we need to do more often. That, that was our first goal in the last 47 shots Yeah, so, in the Premier League. So that was... Uh... That was quite a moment. I mean, even for Poch, it was his, uh, when you factor in the end of his tenure at Spurs, that's his the first away win in 15 attempts. 
It's a huge, huge win for Poch. So, yeah, it was a big win and uh, game stay played a big part in the game because Fulham were flat after that. You know, the, the, we completely just killed the game after that. Even in the second half, they had that one chance near the end where Sanchez made a good save, but completely controlled the game and it was a professional performance that, you know, we, from a top four team that, you know, that we aspire to be. So, yeah, it was it was good signs. Let's let's move on to the temperatures. Time to see whose form's on top, who's heating up, whose temperatures dropped, who's been playing well and who's not. It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot. Craig, you're gonna go first. Yeah. Who have you got for his? You got someone for the freezer? I have got someone. Well, it's not really a reflection of him. Um, I'm going to put Ian Martson in the free- freezer, but it's not. Uh, I, I'm, I've had enough of. He's come to us as one of the, the, the team of the season at left back at, for Burnley. And, and obviously, they want to go with this hybrid system where Colwell's playing left back fine. But I t- are we, has he become sort of an attacking winger for us now? I, I, I don't enjoy that, that role for him. I don't think he looks very good there. Um, I think when he came on for Mudrick at half time, he offers no threat in behind on that left side. He almost wants to come central a lot. Um, I know obviously we fell off a lot in the second half, and that was a little bit to do tactically with the, the situation in the game at the time. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously a very harsh freezer, kind of like uh, Maker at the start of the season against Liverpool, where everyone sort of had a good game and, and we played quite well. And um, it's hard to find someone from the freezer. But unlike you guys, I do like to try and pick some uh, a player from the freezer. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to put Martin in there just because of the position he's playing more than an actual criticism of of him individually. I think he's a fantastic talent. So, I mean, you could call him uh, not jack of all trades, Matt of all trades at the moment. I mean, he he just he goes left wing, right wing. I think Poch has got some sort of amnesia about he's actually a left back. He's played um, ten for for us as well. This it's season. really interesting. And he actually Poch actually listed the, the left backs in one of the recent presses, and he didn't include Martin. He doesn't see Martin as a left back, so anyone holding that hope for E. Martin to play left back, don't think it's happening. I think you can have, I think it's Colwell, then Kukurea for left back, and then Martin is just sort of this all over the shop. Maybe he'll play, he'll probably play, I'd imagine he'll start against Blackburn in that game. But yeah, I agree. I mean, he nearly scored to be fair, and he's quite good at attacking areas, but he, we, we really lost a lot of momentum when Mudrick went off for Martin. It was a huge downgrade, nothing against Ian. But. He was filling. He was kind of filling in in areas as sort of like a wing back, and we really didn't have much potency down the left second half. I just think he's got no idea what to do in in a lot of the situations. I mean, he's not a winger, right? He doesn't know. He needs to play more in that position if he's gonna if he's gonna play there going forward. And yeah, I don't think we've got time for him to learn on the job at left wing. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it came out today that Ben Chilwell was out for two months um, at least, so he won't be back this year. So if we get a centre back injury. Cole was probably going to have to move to centre back, uh, left centre back, uh, you know, rather than left back uh, at some point. So it's going to be Kukurea and Martin competing for it. But it's whatever even. I, don't, I think it'd be like last <laughs> last resort for Poch to play Martin for left back. He's got no. I don't, I don't think he played a minute at left back for Poch, is he, even in pre season. So yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, Martin. I don't know. He's You're a big fan of him, Chris. You've got to defend him. <laughs> well, I don't know where he's he's sort of turning up in all sorts of different positions, isn't he? Um, so I, I don't expect him to be fantastic, I guess, in in lots of different roles when he's sort of being moved around. Um, I think he's just like he's suffering. I think from the fact that we 
don't really have much support for the left winger um, at the moment in the system. Mudrick and Martson both had the least amount of touches in the game. Um, so it's just the way that the system works. And obviously he's just not as good as Mudrick, unfortunately, at finding space and beating people. So he's going to suffer a lot because it's a big ask. And he's isolated quite a lot on that side. Um, that's just, you know, I think that's just more of the structure of the team. I think if he was playing on the right, he'd be a lot more involved. You know, he was central against Brighton and he was involved in the goals. It's not, I don't think it's that that deep. So, um, yeah, it's a tough job out there. Just think, you know, Madueke's not, uh, Nkunku's got a comeback. Madueke's not even in the team. Sterling didn't play yesterday. He's just not going to get any minutes in attacking areas. I mean, there's players who are wingers who are not going to be, who are struggling for minutes anyway. So, bit of a weird one and just I think we could let's hope he gets some minutes left back at some point in the next you know eight weeks you know while Chilwell's out go on Chris you're, you're up freezer mate my freezer is going to be this is a tricky one because I actually thought everyone was fairly good so it's a bit of a controversial one in a way but uh, Noni Madueke makes my freezer for partying in the clubs and <laughs> dishonouring the Chelsea badge apparently which means that he comes on for about five seconds at the end of the game, which I thought was fairly harsh, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like what, what's happening between him and Pochettino. I didn't like the sub. I think he could have been used a lot earlier. And I guess it's more on him than, man, than the manager at the moment because he's been disciplined, I guess. So hopefully he can turn it around and become more favourable. So I think he's got a lot to offer. So um, yeah. Well, Didn't we really know to put in the freezer, really. It doesn't help him that Cole Palmer came in and played really, really well um, in that right wing spot. I thought he was fantastic for us, not just his energy in the in the press, but also creativity. So patient on the ball, he's so hard to get the ball off him. Um, makes really good decisions. This is one of the, the best things you can see, and obviously you can see how well coached he is. Compare that to some of our other attackers. He makes such good decisions on the ball, when to go forward and attack, when to dribble at players, when to pass the ball, when to turn back and look for support. Um, he's he's unbelievable, Cole Palmer, that. that. So, yeah, um, it's going to be tough to get back in on that, that right wing role. Obviously, Sterling's played really well there as well this season. And, yeah, it's got, got some work to do. And if he's in the bad books, obviously, we don't know the, the full story with that um, at all. But, yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be a short-term thing. And he's a very talented player. Well, Chris, we uh, we had pretty much the same birthday, and we've got the same freezer. I had Nani Madueke as well. He's yeah, he's in the ice ice house of Poch, and he's a very good pro, Nani, and he speaks very well. But I think he just made a bit of a naive decision with the kind of the Mayfair sort of saga, or whatever. I mean, I think it was just that he, I think he was maybe I said before on the pop before maybe it's fifty fifty for the Bournemouth game, and you know when Poch sees that, maybe he left him out of the squad. We don't know the full extent of it, and we probably maybe the Athletic will reveal it one day when. You know, Poch gets sacked in a few years or whatever, or there'll be some like sort of big piece about it. But yeah, I mean, Nani's a very talented player, and yeah, I mean, like Craig said, he's got a real job getting in his team because at the moment he's probably third choice right winger. And um, yeah, and unless they switch shift Sterling over to the right wing, which I think they might do at some point, to be honest, um, after over to the left wing, sorry. Um, yeah, he's got he's got a job to get in the team. He can play a variety of positions. I think he could play left wing, ten, right wing, but at the moment he just needs minutes. I mean, maybe he'll get a start against Blackburn. Uh, and he can show his worth there, but he's really starting from ground zero under Poch, and it's a shame for him. And uh, yeah, Cole Palmer's streets ahead of him in terms of selection at the moment, and he's just come in the door. So, Nani's got a bit of a job on to get back in the team. Okay, Craig. 
back round to you for warming up. Exciting. Warming up. Uh, there's so many options for warming up. I, I really struggled with this one. But it's like, one a, buff- I, one... it's like a buffet this week, isn't it? <laughs> one player I did want to make sure I talked about was Caicedo. I thought he was really, really good yesterday. And it's nice to see him used in a role as well. I think a lot of people are a bit confused about Caicedo in terms of his positioning. Talk about him being like a pure DM or a sitter or whatever. One of the best things, one of his best attributes is energy, sort of similar to what N'Golo Kante was for us, why he wouldn't be restricted to just playing DM. Obviously, Caicedo, probably a little bit more versatile than, than Kante, but Caicedo can get up and down. He's got fantastic energy. He found himself breaking in a lot of positions. So clever on the ball. Some great passing yesterday, short passing. I love the interaction with him, Enzo, and Gallagher in midfield uh, yesterday. And obviously, Gall- he ended up playing a little bit more on the right side. I, I, I really love everything that I've seen from Caicedo in the game yesterday. And, and sort of a little bit of a, a breakout performance for us, because I know he'd only played limited minutes so far, but probably hadn't quite impressed in the same level that you'd, you'd want a £100 million player to impact straight off, off the bat. But yeah, like I said, a breakout performance for him. Yeah, I agree. I thought he was really good. I mean, Deserby keeps moaning about. I mean, Brighton have been they're very chirpy on Twitter on X. Sorry, uh, I said to Chris last week in our, in one of our pods, and they got slapped six one by Villa, and Deserby was moaning. You know, we haven't got we haven't got Caicedo now. We're going to concede more goals. That's a good sign. I mean, if the ex manager is like you know chirping about you know we missed one of our players, it's good. I mean, the thing about Caicedo is that he, he's very good at passing. He's a very sharp passer. He can kind of um, flick the ball around the corner. Very good. He isn't just this sort of like N'Golo Kante uh, comparison. I think he's much better in the ball than N'Golo Kante. He's prime reco- uh, N'Golo Kante's better recoveries and pressing and things like that, but Caicedo's got a long way to go for that. But he's very good on the ball. Four out of four accurate long balls yesterday, 90% part pass accuracy, and seven out of ten ground duels. He's just, his all-round game is coming to it was the his. Board. It was his ball, obviously, that released Colwell that, that was yeah. the goal for us as well for, for Madrid. Yeah, definitely... Uh, one thing about Angola was that you know, he, yeah, again, his distribution wasn't the best. So I don't think Caicedo's going to have any goals and assists in him, but he's definitely he can spray it around. Not quite as well as Enzo, but he's definitely got some good distribution on him. So yeah, there's definitely many elements to his game. He had a very tough start for the club where he conceded the goal against the penalty against West Ham, and you know he's probably just he, he pre-season was no doubt delayed because you know he was had so much um, kind of noise around him about the, the transfer so now it's not surprising that we see him warming up because you know he's a little bit probably fitness and you know sort of sharpness behind the behind the other players so hopefully in this really tough run of games that we've got the other side of the international break he can really come to the fore to us and help us get some points against the teams in the in the top half of the division yeah I agree I think he, he looked really good really positive um, yeah, I think warming up's the right place for him, definitely. I mean, was, the, player type, the player type he is, he isn't going to get in attempts much because he's just going to tick over, right? He's not going to be like, in a, you know, he's not going to get many goals or assists. But if you really look at his performance, it was just a, a bit, I agree, it was a breakout performance and it was like a mark above what we've seen before. So, um, yeah, good to see and hopefully he can keep it up because we really, I mean, he went off injured at the end. Poch said it was a contusion. I think he meant like a bruise. I think that's what the Zara Kinsella said. Um, it's kind of an impact injury with Willian, but I really hope he's not injured because you know we. I mean, we really, really cannot have him injured. We can't have Leslie Okachukwu playing six for a lot a long uh, state of time, and Lavia's still out. So, yeah, uh, we really hope that Kaisaido is okay. Poch seemed pretty hopeful. So let's see. I completely forgotten about Lavia. Actually, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lavia is just you know be back in a month and. 
Yeah, it's interesting with Gallagher. I mean, he could even go, and we played Gallagher and uh, Enzo, didn't we, in the first Liverpool game? So, I mean, the way Colo Gallagher's playing, he could play in that deeper line role. But yeah, we've got Lavia to come in, but we just don't need Carcelo getting injured. So that's hopefully touch wood. He's okay. Warming up for me, got to be the main man, Michaelo Mudrick. Warming up with a beautiful goal, well crafted from uh, Levi Colwell as well. Um, but I thought he was excellent, took his goal well, and I think a big big sigh of relief, I think, for everybody, probably himself more than anyone, um, just to kind of tick it off and hopefully go from strength to strength. He showed a lot more confidence after the goal. He was trying some flip-flaps um, after we went 2-0 up. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot more to offer for him, and I'd like to see him, again, still more involved in the game. Um, still some decision making could be slightly better but it's all about scoring goals in this game so very happy for him and yeah I think I've you know we wanted I wanted him to certainly to to play more games consistently and I think we're seeing the reward of that we've had three starts in a row and first start he had the most sort of expected assists um, and the same in the next game and now he's got the goal so really happy for him I feel like it's a bit of a shame that We've waited this long for him to get this run of games, but better than better late than never, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I thought he had. A, I thought he had a, a decent game. Yeah, obviously he had a bit of a shocker in the first fifteen minutes. I, I I don't mind it as much with him, where um you know you lose the ball. I don't any winger sort of if you 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 can do good stuff with the ball. I don't mind sort of that hit and miss aspect of it. But yeah, like you say, I do, I do question sometimes just very rogue decisions with the ball running down um blind alleys and sort of just um poor decision making i guess and and like comparing that to the other side with palmer where he he sort of does does the right things and you can see sort of a better level of coaching and a less raw player despite the fact he's sort of much older than than palmer um but yeah took the goal really well i think that's outstanding and and the first touch i think is really underrated the the actual finish you expect, you know, the player at least to put it on target. It was a good finish, but the first touch is when it's coming over that defender's head. You're not sure if it's going to get there. You've got to take a first touch that doesn't go towards the goalie. You know, his first touch has not been something that's been strong for him since he's been at, at the club. He's had a few opportunities where the ball's come to him at the back post and he's sort of miscontrolled it. So it was really, really good to see a nice chest touch. And yeah, um, good finish. And hopefully he can build on that. He does look to strike me as a confidence player as well. So, sort of someone who's, when... He's coming on for the last ten minutes. He's sort of sulking a bit and and not really giving his all as we've seen in the in the last couple of weeks um, before he started these games. And yeah, I think now he's starting. Maybe we'll we'll get some confidence going. I think Lampard talked about that um, at halftime as well. You could maybe kick on from there. Obviously, unfortunately, he's, looks like he, he had potentially a thigh issue that um, meant he couldn't play the second half. But hopefully, that's not too uh, too severe and he'll be out there against Burnley next week. Yeah, I mean, it was a great finish. I mean, it was just that kind of it nearly it nearly got saved by the goalkeeper a little bit like the second goal. It's just got that little bit of like you could see that being saved at some point because a little it, bit of luck maybe. Yeah, a little bit of luck. That's it. A little bit of luck we're getting. And um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great finish, great takedown. It was a wonderful assist by Levi Colwell. I mean, brilliant game he had, and um, I'm assuming he might be in the boiling hot at some point. Or... <laughs> Could be yeah. in the boiling hot section. Yeah, but he, I mean, yeah, it was a great finish, and you know, it was it's good to see. As humans, it's good to see human reaction. I mean, he was like a kid. Like, he really didn't know what to do. He was, like, so relieved. 
I think he was thinking, you know, that like, is it going to go on and on and on? And you could just tell the weight it lifted from his shoulders and like, Craig, he's, Craig, he's a confidence player. And yeah, sometimes he does some mad stuff. He'll run it, run it out and it's a bit embarrassing almost. But you also just have some things like that assist for Nicholas Jackson, a, a first half against Aston Villa. And the pace, man, if he can just, if it gets, if the classic, a little bit like Son, a little bit, because Son was a little bit like that when he first uh, played on the pot. He was in and out of the team. If you can hone that and um, hone his abilities and kind of craft them, we've got a real player because he isn't that raw at finishing. He's a very good finisher in trading. Everyone says Lampard said it yesterday. He's a very good technical finisher, very good trainer. He's not this kind of like raw animal that he's seen to be. He's actually quite a control player in front of goal usually. Um, so, yeah, as long as he gets his final ball going, he gets some confidence. I think he could, we can really be a fantastic asset for us. And, yeah, I mean, left wing is going to be mad because Nkunku is going to be back, Sterling's going to be back. But at the moment, Mujuk's holding it down and... I was really happy for him to get the goal. And you saw the players, man. I mean, Dezassi came up, Cole Will. Like, I think Cole Will said, you deserve it. You you effing deserve it. Like, he does deserve it because he's given us so... He's got so much stick. Every time he talks to an Arsenal fan, they wind you up about Mudrick. And they were a bit quieter last night on WhatsApp. So hopefully he keeps scoring. And uh, yeah, and also the... He doesn't need like a charity penalty to get to get going. Yeah, I love, I love it, I love it. I was going to say the make a wish for Guy Havertz. Yeah, yeah it's not make a wish. All the big boys at Arsenal, yeah. they give him a little goal. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Madrid didn't need a didn't need a penalty to get going. So yeah, we don't need that. So yeah, anyway, good good for Mahalo, and hopefully he keeps going. And you know what? Maybe he can get 10, 15 goals a season. Let's see. Aim high. Uh, Maybe a few pity penalties can uh, send yeah. him to the send him to the stars. <laughs> Yeah. What have you got, Brady? Yeah, you actually stole both of mine, but there's so many that you can do. I'm going to give it to... He might be boiling hot, but I'm going to give it to Amanda Brozier. Um, I really was concerned in the, in the WhatsApp group before the game. I was really surprised he started. I thought it was a little bit foolhardy to start him, I'll be honest. I mean, he, he looked absolutely shattered at the end. He just kind of... I thought he was injured. I was quite angry that, you know, we we injured him, but he was just absolutely knackered. And he's, the, the goal he scored was just everything that he's about. He's just a bit of a bulldozer, man. He just kind of bulldozes his way through... It was, obviously, there's a lot of luck to do with the goal, but he's got a real presence. I mean, when 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 he's running at players, it, I mean, defenders are going to be scared because he's got this real aggression about him. But he's also got the he's got the hold up play. He's also got quite a deft little touch. I mean, a little touch. He's got a he's got a lot going on for him, and he's quite raw. And you know, we have to wait and see how he goes with like the injuries and fitness. But he he really adds an element that Jackson doesn't have. He's just got the hold up play and a bit more presence, and that's what we needed. And yeah, um, when we went off, when he went off, we got way worse. In the last half an hour, I mean, I was seeing the game out. I know Sterling uh, kind of was on the lem sips or whatever because he was uh, ill. But when Sterling went full nine, our attack basically died. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure if he's going to start against Burnley, maybe f- for fitness issues. But, yeah, I mean, he was really good. And um, it's so nice to have a bit of competition at the nine. And I've got to be honest, it's so nice to have an actual nine. Like, Jackson isn't a pure nine, whatever you say. So... Yeah, we've got a pure nine playing for the club. If you know, we've got some stature up there, some size, a bit of an old fashioned thing to say, but you can hold it up and yeah, really happy of him and warming up. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with everything he said. And he was definitely like, I was, I wasn't sure whether this go with Madrid or Brozier. Um, nice Brozier to get the goal, I think, emotional one for him as well. Yeah, obviously, for being injured for, for so long, um, at the, at the World Cup. And I think. I agree. I think he's a proper nine. I, you know, when we're watching Forest, I think I said this on the podcast. Like Jackson is just not a nine for me. He's a he dribbles too much. He's uh he's, he's not offering the same stature. And if you look at the average positions, Broch is just in a much more 
I would say, a normal position for a striker, much further up, less dropping in and wants to turn. He's much more aware of where he needs to be. And no, it's no, it's no coincidence he was in the right spot for the goal that he scored. Yes. You know, he wasn't drifting too far back. He was, he, he's on the shoulder. He wants to score and he, he makes the goal. So like, I thought he was excellent. And I think he's, I think he's first choice, in my opinion, if he's fit. So Wow. What a shout that. That's the wow moment. Oh, wow. That, that's Craig's wow moment of the week. On his <laughs> wow moment of the wow. week, yeah. Well, we've seen, I, we've seen 60 minutes of him or 70 minutes in the Premier League and, and we've only seen six games. I, five, think, five, I, five, I think, you know five. what? I think you six. can play Jackson and hit him in the same team. But oh, yeah, I, I agree. agree with that. I agree, yeah. 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 Well, I, I think, think in Kunku, Jackson and Bro, Broja are going to have to... I think Broja is more of a, a staple, to, to be honest, Yeah. than, than Jackson is. So. Is it Broja like, or Broja? I think it's actually yeah. Broya. Broya, fine. Broya. Yeah. Know. But like, he's, you know, he's a, he's a Cobham lad. It's quite funny in the WhatsApp group I was in. I think they thought that he would have a foreign accent. He's got like a geezer accent. I'm really yeah, scared. I've heard him speak a few times. Yeah, he's, like, he's, a, he's a geezer from Slough. I think people thought he'd have a sort of foreign accent because I think he's um, Albanian by, by, by descent. But um, yeah, I mean, we've got, we'll, we'll talk about it against in the next pod. But when you've got Burnley away next, chug tricky game. It's just physical, man. They just get about it, you know? And um, sometimes you just need that in away games, and he's got he's got a lot going for him. And to get a goal straight away is huge for him. And if we can, if again, if he can, it's going to be like chipping FC. I don't think any of our strikers or our players are going to get about fifteen goals in the league this year. But if he can chip in with nine, ten, eight goals, that that'll do. If he if he's coming in and out of the team, so yeah, hopefully he can just kick on and just keep injury free. Boiling hot. Oh, again, it's it's a it's a it's a wedding buffet, isn't it? So many. Could be anyone, but yeah, I'm going to go Levi Colwell. Yeah, I think he that he was just outstanding. I really think he's growing into this role of this sort of hybrid left back. Um, fantastic in defence. You know, uh, two or three tackles, one, five of seven ground duels, three or four aerial duels. He looks so good in the air as well. I'm so, so impressed with him. Um, we forget this kid's only 20 years old. He really is special. Um, that pass for Madrid's yeah. goal... I don't think there's many centre-backs in world football that can play that pass. Mm. I really, really don't. Um, even like uh, some of our best footballers in defence, maybe David Luiz could have done it, but even John Terry or someone that I'm thinking of. Obviously I think probably... Thiago Silva could play it, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I just think like it's just outstanding, the vision. Yeah, yeah, and some yeah. of that times where he gets in those left areas and he fires the ball into centre-mid, you know, low, and he finds an incredible pass. There's one that... Gallagher sort of miscontrolled that would have been an incredible pass. Um, I just think he sees things that, uh, that other players don't see. He's got incredible vision. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm so, so impressed with Levi Colwell. I expected to be impressed with him. Obviously, I didn't watch Brighton every game last season, but I saw that he was playing well, and I saw a few games where he, that he played well in. Obviously, know how highly rated he is, but I've been even more impressed with him than, than I thought I was going to be. I think he's just an outstanding prospect. I think I'm going to give a shot. I think he's going to be future Chelsea captain. I know Rhys James is. I'm, I'm not sure if Rhys James is going to move on in the next three, four years. He looks like a captain to me. He's got everything. Yeah, just... I, I suppose I didn't talk about that as well because we were at the, the Brighton game and when um, the goal went in, he's over there. Like You can just tell he, he's so passionate. He loves the club. And yeah, I, I agree. I think captain material as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just... You know, he's put, he, technically, he's got the progressive passing. I mean, Brighton were desperate to keep him. And that shows a lot because Brighton are quite picky about the players they have. They've really got their life system. And uh, yeah, and it's just, I'm just so happy that, 
he didn't go the other way in the Kukurea deal. And I mean, you talk about John Terry. I mean, it like that was a world class left left back or you know like left wing back or left winger might not have played that pass. That had to be inch perfect. I mean, they had the idea as well. It was a great run by Mudrid. Lampard talked about it where Mudrid didn't come short. He kind of went over and took a gamble. But that that's all about the uh, all about the pass and. Levi, I mean, sometimes uh, defensively, I think one-on-one, he can improve a little bit, but like in other areas, he's very strong. But mainly it's on the ball you're talking about. He can, def- you know, he'll mature into a bit, a bit more of a, maybe a better defender. And he's a very good defender at the moment, but that toughness will come to him. But on the ball, he's unbelievable. And in in this modern world of football, where it's all about progressive passing, you know, it's not 20 years ago where centre-backs were basically just about being physical. Now it's about passing through the lines. As a modern centre back or as a full back, he is fantastic, and I'm so glad he signed that deal. It probably was the signing of the summer, and um, yeah, wow, fantastic. Completely agree, boiling hot. Yeah, I mean, he was my boiling hot. I thought it was a controversial boiling hot last time, but um, definitely nah. in the uh, definitely this time, he's he's maintained it. I think the thing I like about Colwell was just he. I think you said it kind of where you were like, he loves it. I think he's just a winner. I think he's just a born winner. I think he wants to win whoever he's playing for, really. I know he obviously he's got a commitment to Chelsea, but I think he's just the type of player you want in your team. So um, I think we've got a real asset and hopefully we can keep using him in the right way. Yeah, um, Gareth Southgate, stop mucking about and get him in the squad. Harry Maguire. He might, he might like, be better than like, Harry Maguire. We don't know. Actually, really, it's not even Maguire. There's other centre-backs in the team that he's better than as well. So just get him in the team. Like, just, just stop I've with... had enough of Southgate. I've, I've, yeah. I've actually had enough. So yeah. A separate separate topic. Separate, separate, pod. separate pod, yeah. We'll do our international break. We'll do a Southgate slander pod. Uh, right, boiling up for me. This is tricky. I've got a few. Um, I've already put. Ooh, I'm going to go Robert Sanchez because I feel like um, it's. Although he wasn't the, he was kind of the star of the show really in the second half because of how poor we were. I thought, but um, he's setting records. He's his save percentage is like top four. His long ball percentage is like top um, in terms of accuracy. Um, he's got the most clean sheets in the league. He is saving shots like they're going out of fashion. He's diving around. Um, he's, I think he's good fun as well. And he's another one. I think him and Colwell have quite a good relationship, obviously coming from Brighton. Um, and I really, really rate him. I think he's, I think he's better than people are thought. He, I think he's definitely better than people thought he was going to be. And I think he's better than that as well. I think he actually is really, really good. I don't think he's like elite or anything, but he's definitely, um, I think he's, he's going to be a, a really good signing, I think, for the money we got. And if you yeah, compare him to the... One, the people that weren't at the game on uh, Wednesday against Brighton, probably wouldn't know, because it, it wasn't even on TV and you might not have seen it in the highlights or anything. There was a phase in that first half where Sanchez just kept booting the ball out of play. He was just <laughs> under pressure. It was just so ridiculous. And people want to blame him for that, as if like he's just had no idea what he's doing or whatever, and he's just fallen off a cliff for one game. It's like, no, that's to do with the structure of the team. And like, yeah. there's no options to pass the ball to. We tried to play in some two-centre-back setup where Ugachukwu and Caicedo dropped back to receive the ball. It just didn't work at all against Brighton. And that was the issue. It was a tactical issue. Players, people really, the crowd actually really got on Sanchez's back. It really annoyed me. Um, 
and yeah, he he's played really well for us. I don't, I don't think anyone can watch that and be critical of of how he's played. I'm not sure about boiling hot in this game, but yeah, I, I do think uh, he, he made a couple of good. And you never know, actually. I mean, if 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 he doesn't make this the saves in the second half, maybe we come under a lot of pressure in that two one because you can't just flick the switch um, and turn it on. We were really really poor in the second half. So yeah, maybe maybe that was more valuable than I'm giving it credit for. Twenty five as well, Sanchez as well. Yeah, so I mean, he's, he's got three clean sheets in the league, which is more than anyone else's season. I think we've actually conceded, our XC um, conceded is like top three uh, in the league. He's, the main thing with River of Sanchez is he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good shot stopper. But, I mean, he has got, he, he pulls out some fantastic saves, but Kepa could do that. Kepa could sometimes pull out a fantastic save. And, but like, he's definitely better at Kepa at shot, the shot stopper, not saying that. But the main thing is the aerial presence. Like, when Fulham are putting in balls and putting in corners, corners, well, a couple of times yesterday, where he whipped in the corner, and you just you just copy and paste Kepper into that spot, and you just you, you know your head's behind the couch. With with Sanchez, it's just like he's coming out to catch it, and it's just easy. So if that's the main thing, it's the height. He's you know, and you say like he's not an elite goalkeeper. Name me five elite goalkeepers in the world. There aren't any. Like I used to be a goalkeeper. It's like very very hard to be an elite goalkeeper. Probably Allison. Ederson is like regressing a little bit these days. Not that many elite goalkeepers. I don't think Ray is an elite goalkeeper. I don't think Ramsdale's an elite goalkeeper. I think they're very good. But Anana, you haven't mentioned. Anana is uh, not even in the conversation of anywhere near elite. <laughs> yeah, I think. Like, I think the. I think being elite is obviously consistently delivering. And I think we saw with like, for example, Mendy. He. I don't think he, he looked as good as Sanchez did at the moment. But um, he obviously was fantastic during that Champions League run. But then he fell off a cliff. That, that, he, that often happens with goalkeepers. There's so much variance in goalkeeping. Like you make a yeah. Small, so you, I don't think we can say that he's. I don't think you can say that he could. He he has to consistently deliver, and it's it's a fantastic start. At the so. moment, for twenty twenty five million, it's looking like maybe for once we got a good deal off Brighton, not the other way around. So yeah, maybe, well, definitely. Maybe, maybe we got from, a good deal off him. <laughs> if you think about the wages as well, I know we don't not really our our sort of um, our bag, but like Kepper was one of the highest paid players at the club. And Mendy was only going to stay if he was going to be matched at that salary. And we've got this guy who's like half the price. And I mean, you, you assume that Petrovic is also on a quite a low wage as well, probably about 40, yeah. 50 grand a week, if that. So, yeah, in that sense. And I mean, Petrovic is like very, very uh, highly rated goalkeeper as well. And he can't even get a sniff at the moment. He didn't even play him in um, the League Cup game. So, I, think he'll, I think he'll play against... Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, and he, but he, then you obviously you've got Gargos Salino again who's a very very highly rated goalkeeper even low at the moment but I mean Sanchez at the moment is looking like a long term goalkeeper and uh, I think when we first bought him maybe he wasn't I think he was maybe a bit of a stopgap but I think at the moment he's showing that he can maybe play you know in the next few years for the club so yeah very happy with him Who have you got Brady? I mean it's a guy that like it's, for me it's just it's Captain Fantastic it's Conor Gallagher man like every yeah. week, this guy is the form player of the club. No one wants to admit it. It's the biggest sort of secret in, in Chelsea at the moment. He's unbelievable. Um, it's not even stats. Like Frank Lampard, we talk about stats, like, you know, on foot mob or whatever. I test, the guy is everywhere. He's an um, CSC Central. I just want to say this, like, it, one of the best, like, um, sort of scouts uh, online for, in, regarding Chelsea. This is what he said about Gallagher. He, he talked about the work rate and all that. Everyone knows about the work rate. That's that's obvious. But he's also he is somehow making staggering leaps in his technical foundations and does not look out of place next to Enzo and Caicedo. Money cannot buy that perseverance and cannot bring out the responsibility of a boy a boyhood fan feels when uh, wearing the armband. 
Couldn't say that about myself. He's not just running around and running his socks off like he was last year, like sort of like the headless chicken. He's getting better. He's improving. He's technically getting better. His passing's much better. He's crisp. He's he's, uh, passing's much uh, much crisper. He he, he doesn't really get the chance to shoot, but when he does, he looks way more potent than Enzo. I mean, Enzo is, is, again, like I said last week, looks like he's Kovacic when he shoots. I mean, Enzo missed another sit last night. Enzo had a good game, but we need Enzo a little bit deeper. And Connor at the moment, I mean... He's captain, and like I think even he was surprised at his captain. I mean, we're all surprised. But let's be honest, our captain played 70 minutes and got, cro- got crocked for two months, and our vice-captain is not, not going to play again this year. Conor, Conor Gallagher looks like a Chelsea captain, and he looks like he fully takes some responsibility. And even in the in the interview last night, he was acting quite, uh, with Frank Lampard. They were joking, you're acting quite serious. Because, yeah, could he take on the responsibility? And like Frank Lampard said on the Monday Night Football when he spoke about him, and we, I remember, I remember tweeting on our like X uh, last year. So if you follow us on X, we've got nearly like two thousand followers. If you want to follow us at Eat Sleep Chelsea, I think I said like I said, death taxes and um, Frank Lampard picking Conor Gallagher, kind of like uh, joking around. But he said that he picks him because he's got a desire to desire to train, desire to heighten standards. This guy, he, he's not first on the team sheet, but like, oh my god, he's playing so well out of his skin. And he's taking his captain thing seriously. And for me, honestly, I think he's maybe the form player at the club. I think he's playing so well. And like he deserved boiling hot for me. Yeah, he's... Uh, I did have the good stats as well. He's six tackles yesterday. Yeah, I mean... No, the most... It's, it's, uh, it's, double... Uh, it's, uh, Silver had second there, But the eye test is also there. You know, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. it's difficult to get around how, how much he's improved. I mean, Lampard said he's selecting him. Lampard always had a habit of picking like usually the best players and then really not knowing what to do with them. So not not surprising. I think he's in a, a better role for him now. I think he's surrounded by better players. He was playing Rube. up front for us against Real Madrid. Yeah. 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 So he didn't um, do he didn't do a bad job at that. <laughs> well. Um look, he's he's someone who I think has got a lot a lot to offer. And I think he's playing out of his skin at the moment. Can he sustain it is going to be the real question with him because obviously people are expecting him to drop off a bit. Um, his passing is good, I'd say, but I am a little bit worried about his passing in the attacking third. Um, I don't I mean, think he's got the same... Night, I don't know what you think. I think, I think he's, he's not a creative player. I agree with Chris. He's not a creative player, is he? No. I mean, all his pass accuracy is basically in the middle. But you, and you don't have to be everything, you know. No, you don't. But I think where he's kind of playing, if you look at some of his passes, they're just behind people. He doesn't have the same quick vision as like Enzo would. Um, we saw some really nice passes from Enzo. And I just think there's just a little bit of something not quite there. But I really hope he gets there because I really like him. Um, but it's, there's just something about him that just doesn't sit. Maybe it's goals and assists a little bit. I'm kind of thinking in my head of Kovacic with him a little bit as well. Where yeah, he, I don't think that's the right comparison. He's got a much better shot than Kovacic. That's, that's a poor comparison. He, he, he didn't have a shot really yesterday. Poor. Really Again. poor. Like, Gallagher is... As Kovacic scored that Crystal Palace goal at the end of last season. No, but he's a way better shooter than Kovacic. Way better. Way well, better. We haven't seen him do anything. He hasn't shot. He, he he's, he's never in the final third. That's why, because he's been playing deep. Put him in the 10 and we'll we'll see. I just think... I agree with the passing. He's not a slick, but you can't... With his shooting, he's definitely got a good shot on him. Every time he shoots, it looks pretty potent to me. So, I don't know. I think... I mean, I'm, you can't drop Enzo Fernandez. I'm not saying you can, but I don't think you can drop Gallagher either. So, something's got to give. And you've got Lavia to come in. He does not deserve to get dropped. Everyone's kind of waiting for him to get dropped. Eventually, he'll, he'll get phased out of the team. If he keeps playing like this. He's undroppable. He's playing so well. 
And yeah, that's, that's the way I see it. I, I like the balance in midfield. I've I said that from the first games. I think Gallagher and Enzo and Caicedo, I think it works really nicely. But I have a concern that those three players do not have enough goals and assists in them. Therefore, if you want to play like that, which Liverpool did when they played with three people in midfield who were just, you know, engines, they need to get your wing backs up. And if you're playing Colwell and, well, I guess Rhys James, but he's never fit, Kukurea, it just doesn't feel right. And you see, you can see it in the second half. It, it's not offering enough. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it looks good. But I just still think there's something missing there, I have to say. I agree, yeah. The goals in midfield is definitely a concern. I agree with that point. I agree with that. What do you think, Greg? Are you impressed with him or not really? I, I, I have been very impressed with him, yeah. I, I do think he's got some limitations as a player, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a great player for us. I think a lot of players, you know, I think quite often you're searching for the perfect player. He can't do this, he can't do that. That doesn't mean you can't be a great player. We've had lots of players historically that can't do certain things that have been fantastic players for us over the years so yeah I, I think obviously Kovacic is a great example of a player he couldn't shoot but doesn't mean he wasn't an incredible player it doesn't mean that Pep Guardiola doesn't want him for Man City you know you can be a great player and not have everything in your locker I don't think he's got great vision um, I, and I don't think he's got a great shot on him either but that doesn't mean that he can't be an incredible number eight or midfielder for us and I think yeah he's been outstanding for us this season so um, yeah but just special mention because he was mentioned. Cole Palmer again was out. I'm not sure he hasn't had any attempts. He was unbelievable again this game. I mean, just a special mention. He's so calm on the ball, really good. So or just like double boiling or, or double warming up. He was a really good, Cole Palmer. And again, one of probably maybe one of the former attacking players at the club. So yeah, just wanted to special mention that. I also want to special. We're doing special mentions. <laughs> special mention Thiago Silva. People are saying he's uh, he's not up to it. Whatever. Absolute rubbish. He was. He's absolutely insanely good some of his defensive passing yesterday is i mean it's just absolute top class won't ever see a player like him again unbelievable i'd like to give a special mention to mark kukurea who's playing at right back (laughs) and doing a bloody good job um at right back as well like i've been very very impressed with him against brighton and against uh against uh, fulham last night so yeah should we special go back mentions. around for special mentions until we can name the team? <laughs> it's a new section, special mentions. Special mentions. Special. <laughs> I think we've covered the whole team, right? Have we now? Yeah. Rory, Palmer. Uh, didn't get a special mention. has been left out. I'll just tell you now, Dizazi, no tackles, no interceptions, no blocks, didn't jump for any headers. Bizarre. Good leader, though, isn't he? Good at celebrating goals, apparently, yeah. Pretty solid to me, but anyway. Robert yeah. Sanchez, by the way, sixty k a week. Just thought I'd drop that in there. That, yeah, um, I mean, and I, I, if he's on sixty, Petrovic must be on thirty. So you've you've got basically got two goalkeepers for the price of one and half the wages. I mean, that is good business. But that, I, that, I, that, I do want to do want to do a podcast on Chelsea's wage structure, and obviously one of the we heard Jamie Carragher on Monday Night Football last night. Chelsea has spent a billion. All this sort of nonsense like you, you hear this a lot um chelsea have done an incredible job of cleaning the wage bill and and one thing that definitely does need to be focused on with just kepper and lukaku to go which is another by the way 550k a, a week but as soon as that's off there i mean it's going to be unreal the job they've done so yeah i, I do want to do a little pod maybe we'll do a little 15 minute on chelsea's finances and um, what an incredible job um they've done at, at sort of turning them around in terms of month to month spending yeah, a little preview there for a future pod will do. There you go. Look forward to that. Lovely. 
Right, onwards to the quiz. Questions about the blues, so you don't lose the beat. A few clues, correct answers only. It is what it is. It's time for the ESCR quiz. Any special mentions for the quiz, Craig? <laughs> no special mentions for the quiz, but an exciting one. We'll we'll start with. Uh, we'll, uh, let's give a quick updates on the scores. Actually, Chris actually managed to get a win last time, if I remember correctly. Hey, so we, we're, <laughs> we're up to. I think what's the what's the score now? Four, four two. Four two. Four two. Four two. Come back. Wow. I'm 4 0 up. I took my best players off. I'm relaxed, and now I need to pump it up again. You know what I mean? I it's relaxed. loser goes first, and that means you, Brady, this time. Mm-hmm. So we've got five questions. Mm-hmm. Chelsea v Fulham is one of the geographically closest derby games in English football. But how far apart are they? I'm looking for an answer in kilometres here, and I guess we'll do closest one wins. So, Brady, you can, you can go first. Kilometres, yeah. Uh... You can do miles if you want, but no, let's do kilometres. Easy to imagine it in meters, isn't it? Stamford Bridge to, to Craven Cottage. I'll go two and a half K. Two and a half K. Chris, what are you saying? I'll say higher or lower or something. No, I think you've just got to give a guess <laughs> as well. Have a guess. <laughs> it's actually a pretty big disadvantage going first. In this. <laughs> just go birthday. What a stitch up. What would you say two and a half? Yeah, two, two and a half kilometers. Two and a half meter off. I'll go 2.6. Oh, dear. The answer is 2.2 kilometres. No! They've got the win. You deserve that for that hedge. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's your birthday, mate, but that was poor. (laughs) That was just my guess. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Um, Right, question number two. One nil then, yeah? One nil Brady, yeah, fantastic, and another London derby to add to the list last night. But what date was the first ever London Football League derby? Um, what well, the 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 year? First... Yes, what 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 year was the the first ever London Football League derby? Uh, nineteen twenty one. James Brady, let's see what what. What you can get. Same format as last time. When was Arsenal? You... When was Arsenal? Oh. 1897. 1897 is closer. Ooh. The answer is 1905. Ooh. Chelsea were involved. They beat Clapham Orient 3 0 in a second division match. That was the first ever London Football League derby. I didn't know that. We were the first one. Clapham Orient, not, not knocking around anymore. Uh, shame um, Woolwich Arsenal knocking around in those days as well now of course known as known as Arsenal alright let's move away from London derbies and on to our next opponents Burnley who we first met in 1905 as well and who scored on that date no I'm just <laughs> 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 uh, the last time we played Burnley was at Turf Moor in, in 2022 when we won 4-0 can you give me the goal scorers from that game, we'll do it in the, in the format of just answering the, and I'll tell you if it's correct or not, starting with Brady. The so goal scorers from Chelsea's last game against Burnley at Turf Moor in 2022, 4-0 victory. I'll give you a clue, we were wearing the, uh, the camouflage strip. Orange. I know this game. The first one, Reese James. 
Reese James is correct. Chris, remember this game? No. You don't remember this game? Reese James scored while wearing the, the green and black camo with the orange like lettering, the font. Thomas Tuchel, 4 0 in 2020. I think it's one of the goal scorers, Timo Werner. Not correct. James Next. Brady, chance to, chance to get another point there. Havertz got two, don't they? Kai Havertz got two. Chris, let's see if you can get a consolation of the, the third goal scorer. Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz got two. Reese James got one. Kai Havertz oh, okay. got a header, at the, a header at the back post from a Reese James cross, if I remember correctly. You might remember I mean, it. He nearly missed from two yards in, in classic Havertz <laughs> fashion, but he just about bundled in. I think we scored um, all the goals in the second half that day. I think it was yeah, nil nil at half time. Is uh, Pulisic? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Oh, Pulisic. fantastic! I still um, win the line. Doesn't help you with any points, but you you, uh, you do. Uh, oh yeah, it's... I also know the goal scorer ninety nine five. By the way, no, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, another Burnley question here. We opened the season in our title defence to Antonio Conte in 2017 against Burnley in the famous game that we lost 3-2. We had two red cards in that game and two goals. Can you give me the name of the goal scorers and the and the player sent off? Any order. What games are sorry? So we lost 3-2 at home to Burnley. Title defence, 2017 season under Conte. Um, first game of the season was a, was a home oh, game. Yeah. Two red cards that day. We lost three two to Burnley. Goal scorers for Burnley. That um, helps you out in any way. Sort of picturing the game were Vokes with the, with a brace and Ward. So how did the point system work here? Have we got to get all of it or what? No, we'll go first and just sort of. Um, right, Chris, alternate. you're first. You're first, aren't you? Yeah. So you want Chelsea goal scorers? Or all the players sent off, either one. Oh well the player sent off is There's two players sent off. Either one. Oh. Um is it Courtois? No, it is not Courtois. He was playing that day. Courtois. Oh, he did not get sent game. off. Brady. I know the guy on a goal scorer is David Louise. David Louise got a goal in the eighty eighth minute to make it three two, made it for an exciting finish. With our nine men, see if we could uh, equalise to make it three three, but we didn't. Um, but yeah, that is one of the goal scorers. Chris, back to you. See if you can get the other goal scorer or either of the players sent off in that game. One of the players was sent off in the first half very early. Is Costa sent off? No, Diego Costa was not sent off. The um, other goal, the other goal scorer was Alvaro Morata. Correct. The other goal scorer was Alvaro Morata. In the. I don't remember this game at all. <laughs> in the in the second half he got he got a goal to make it 3-1 at the time um chris if you remember the red card in the 14th minute i believe craig Pawson was the referee this day i remember i hadn't seen him before and i thought he had a shocking game um ramirez uh, <laughs> no conte conte i don't think yeah i don't think it was that era oh sorry yeah um, we're gonna go Gary Cahill. Gary Cahill got sent off in the first half with a oh. really tackle on Ashley Barnes, I think, or yeah. maybe Stephen DeFore actually midway through the first half, somewhere around then. It was sort of a, sh- a shock around Stanford Bridge. Obviously, we just won the league, 
We uh, turned up week one home to Burnley. Should be an easy win. And suddenly you lose your centre-back after 14 minutes. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I remember Cahill getting sent off now. Yeah. Um, and the other red card, it was for two yellows, 81st minute. See if you can get it, Brady. It's quite a tough one, this. I, I didn't remember this. Give me a clue. One, Mid- one anyway. Mid- midfielder. You have one anyway, yeah. Uh, either Matic, one. Matic? No, either one can shout out. He's a creative midfielder, but did get a couple of red cards. He's a sort of a feisty player in general. I was going to say Morellas. No. I think that's a different era too. Great player. Little, little guy. Little guy. Conte era, you know, our creative midfielder in the Conte era. Bought to, to break down the fences. From a, from a deeper role, maybe. Great connection with Diego Costa. Fabregas. Cesc Fabregas. Little player. Yeah, a little guy. So, you, know, you wouldn't, wouldn't consider Fabregas little? Um, I don't think so. Matters no. like little, wouldn't he? Maybe that can be a quick question. Is Fabregas yeah, little? <laughs> little? Little for midfielder, I guess, yeah. All right, last question, guys. From that game as well, this was sort of a... And a nod from Conte to, to the recruitment in the, at the time. I'm going to give you the 10 of the 11 players, and I'm going to give you a fill in the blank and uh, do a little for, different format. Um, so it's first to shout out the, the answer here. So we've got Courtois and goal, centre backs in a 3 4 3 of Rudiger, Louise, and Gary Cahill, Aspilicueta at right wing back, Cesc Fabregas and Kante as the, as the double six. Marcus Alonso at left wing back. Danny Drinkwater. And we've got Willian in at right wing or right 10. We've got Michi Batswari up front. And who is the missing player playing left 10 or left wing in this 3-4-3? Oh. Three, three? What game was this, sorry? Missed it. This is the same game. Oh, that game. Who's playing left wing? Oh, I know. It's um, Jeremy Boga. That is correct. I can't believe it. He's pulled it out straight away. Done this. I, mean, I, I don't know why. I just distinctly remember that game. Jeremy Boga started that game for us at, at, at left ten, and that was sort of a, a bit of a nod from from Conte. I mean, to we've uh, we've been in training all week. Chris was creeping up. We had to get back involved. Five two. <laughs> back in your box. Happy birthday, mate! But I win the quiz. <laughs> Couldn't even give him a birthday win. No, well, yeah. No, I don't no. think I got any points there, did I? No, I don't think you did actually. Yeah, but disappointing, yeah. disappointing evening for you. Maybe, maybe you've got a, had a few beers or, or something. Celebratory yeah. beers. Yeah, I'll have a blame on that. Blame on that. Well, I haven't had any yet. <laughs> I'll have a whiskey later after this. <laughs> reflect, on a, reflect on your quiz uh, future. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, right, good stuff. Well done, Brady. Um, well deserved. Some, some Cheers, good answers there. Um. I'll, I'll be back um, <laughs> sure <laughs> thanks guys that's all we've got time for today um, we will have our preview pod out for Burnley later in the week for more updates and all things ESCR you can follow us on Twitter or X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat as always we hope you're carefree wherever you may be and thanks for listening